go to Psalm 116, please. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 116. But these ones, they don't work anyway. But uh, it, verse 6. This is a verse that qualifies you and I. In the King James, it says, the Lord preserves the simple. <laughs> Turn to somebody next to you and say, you qualify. <laughs> I was brought low, and he helped me. Return unto your rest, O my soul. Interesting, he talked to his mind, will, and emotions, and he said, chill out. Enter into rest. And again, that's Hebrews 4.11. The only labor we're to be involved in is to enter in his rest. And like I said last week, he never, ever, Jesus never, ever got uptight, never got anxious about anything. You know, Lazarus died, and he waited two more days. It's like he was... It's just like, no problem. I got, my father's got this covered and I can just relax and enjoy my ministry. For you delivered my soul from death. The Lord has dealt bountifully with you and he has delivered my soul from death and my eyes from tears. Many of you, you've been delivered from tears. How many of you have been delivered from tears? and your feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living, verse 9. And in verse 10, he says, I have believed, therefore I have spoken. I was greatly afflicted. He said, but I'm going to stop crying, and I'm going to start speaking. I believed, and therefore I have spoken. I'm going to start talking, because I'm going to keep if my believer is hooked up to my speaker, I'll be just fine. I won't be bogged down by emotions. So don't let emotions, don't let emotions rule your tongue. Hook your speaker up to your believer. Yeah. He said, he said, I, he said, I was afflicted. I was afflicted. But you know, affliction is not a bad thing sometimes. Over in Psalm 119, verse 67, 67. Yeah, let's go over there. Verse 67, he says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. How many of you can say amen to that? <laughs> but now, <laughs> but now I keep your word. <laughs> no, no, sometimes you can just go along and seem to be getting along fine and doing your own thing. And then all of a sudden, affliction comes and, and wakes you up. But again, I'd like to point out what James said. Let no man say when he's tempted or tested or tried that he's tempted by God, for God tempts no man with evil. But he said, you're led, led away It's your own, by your own problems, right? So, so don't ever think God is to blame. God is the answer. God will teach you things like when you pray, it's an exchange. You come to God and you say, I'm weary and heavy laden. He said, I'll take that and I'll give you my rest. There's always an exchange with prayer. Prayer is not you talking to him. Prayer is you taking what you have and giving it to him and him giving you what he has. Yeah. And what he has is much better than what you have. But make sure that you make the exchange. Yeah. Don't walk away without picking up what he left there for you. Yeah. You know, take it. He said, he'd give you rest. Okay, I'm taking that rest. I gave you my anxious thoughts and now I'm walking away with your rest. We just made a prayer exchange and I thank you for it. Amen.
He said, before I was afflicted, I went astray, and so did you. <laughs> Let's go to um, Corinthians, Corinthians 4, 13 is where he quotes this verse again. I know I don't have to sit down anymore, but I'm getting to like it. <laughs> well, you know, Pastor Paul reminded me the other day. He said, you know, and, and I thought about it. In, when you go through Israel and go in the synagogues, there's a teacher's seat. Matter of fact, we got in one of them over in Bethsaida, and we sat in that thing, and we got drunk in the Holy Ghost. Jesus had sat in that 2,000 years ago, and, we, and the anointing, I'm not lying about it at all. The anointing was still there. We were sitting there, and the next thing you know, Nate and I were fighting over whose turn it was to sit in the chair. <laughs> Get out of there. It's my turn. It was like quite an experience. So, and I, you know, we've experienced that too with, I remember, and George Moss in particular. All you had to do was touch his Bible and you get drunk in the Holy Ghost. But he was one of those guys. He had a, a, a professional baseball player come in with him one time. He said, I want to tell you about George. He said, you wake up in the middle of the night and he's asleep praying in tongues. Just constant prayer, right? So, you know, but again, when I read that, I'm thinking, I'm as close to God as I want to be. Right? I got as much God as I want, right? That, that's why, like Ashton, you're intense, girl. No, but I mean that in a good way. Matter of fact, if we hadn't stopped you, you, you might you might have gone off by yourself for the rest of the day. And that's a good thing. It's It's like... I just want you. I don't give a rip. That storm yesterday, I've been living here all my life. And so in the last 40 years, I've never seen a storm like, a storm like that. In all my 40 years, I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> it started around 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It went all night. It just kept going around in circles. Around in circles. Boom, boom, boom. And you know it's just another sign of the the times that we're living in. And I just want you as a good song to sing because nothing else is going to matter. If, if things matter now, they'll, they'll soon fade away because God, God's, and it's like, and again, it's like Ashton said, you know, you're singing to him, but he's singing over you. He's like, like my Bible says that he rejoices over you with singing. Like he's, He's serious about his embrace with you, and he's got plans for you that you haven't even seen. Anyway, where did I say go? Okay, yeah, Psalm, no, Corinthians 4, thank you. Thank you. Second Corinthians, I'm in first, okay. Jesus, I don't even have any pages that aren't marked up here. No page numbers, they're all whited out. Wear out your Bible to strengthen your soul, somebody said. I'm lost. No, I'm not. Right here. I know where I am. I just don't know where you are. Whew. Made it. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. He's quoting from Psalm 116. He says, we having the same, but this is, this is the same spirit of faith. We have the same spirit 
that Peter, Peter had. Matter of fact, Peter said, we have like precious faith. The same faith that caused him to walk on the water, you have right now. You have it right now. And he said, if it's just as big as a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this sycamine tree or this mountain, be thou removed, cast in the sea and not doubt in your heart, but believe the things that you say will come to pass. You have what you say. That's the big thing is believe in what you say and say in what you believe and not hooked up to your emotions. Oh, I just feel so bad. feel so bad. I feel so good. No, feelings have got nothing. Emotions are not to be led by. Yes, you have them, but you're not to be led by them. Okay, um, we have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore I have spoken. We believe and also speak. I'm believing what I can't see. I'm believing what I can't see based on the integrity of God. Hallelujah. And again, faith is not intel, but it's faith is not intel. Faith is trusting in your heart. Faith is getting a revelation, trusting in the person of Christ, not a belief about Christ, but trust, not a belief about him, but trusting in him. You got to, in order to trust him, it's simple. You just need to get to know him. You know, you love the people around you because you get to know them. If you didn't know them, matter of fact, I encourage you to get to know the people around you so that you won't believe the lies that are told about them sometimes, you know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Should I read down through the rest of this? Or should I? Should I? Well, we need to read verse uh, 17. He said, for our light affliction, our light affliction, whatever it is that you're dealing with right now, is light and it's but for a moment. Compared to eternity, it's only a moment in time. But this affliction is working for you. Huh. See, your outlook on what you're going through will determine how you go through things. You, you need to make sure that you got your faith in this. He said, he said, this light affliction is working for me. The problems that are coming my way are my employees. They're working for me. They're working for you today. Your circumstances are working for you. How do you know that? Again, Romans 8, 28, all things working together for your good. So again, if you take the ingredients of a chocolate cake and put them in your mouth separately, they're not going to taste all that good. But when you put it together, put it in the oven. Or you put it in the smoker, depending on what it is. <laughs> This light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more and exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It's producing the eternal weight of glory. And what I've noticed is the more that you can walk in the anointing, the more glory you'll be able to experience as God's pouring it out. If you learn how to flow in what you got right now, when he pours out his anointing, it's going to, his glory and again, you'll be changed from glory to glory into his image. When you open yourself up, and again, like in worship this morning, when you open, when you open yourself up to that, when you're not just a spectator, but you're a participant in worship. It, it, come on, we, we know from the study of the Word of God, I don't care where you go in the Word of God, 
you'll find out that your breakthrough is tied to your thankfulness. Your breakthrough is tied to your worship. So it's vital. It's not just some songs you sing till, till you get to the word. It's, and I, I say that because I used to go to rock church years and years ago. And um, this one guy that I traveled with, he said, well, we don't need to get there early. He said, it's only the sing song. And rock church back then, there was about a thousand people in it. And praise and worship was, was like an engine, a train engine coming through the building. <laughs> it was amazing. It was there that I learned to put one hand up to praise the Lord. And then finally I got bold enough to put up two. Perspiration breaking out on me. I'm not joking. It was a serious thing. While we look not at the things that are seen. While we look not. No, we'll find out in Corinthians 5, 7, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. There's two people groups. Those that walk by faith and those that walk by sight. And you need to make sure that you're walking by faith. How do you know when you're walking by faith? You're standing on the word of God. How do you know when you're walking by sight? How it feels, how it looks. Yeah. You know. Don't go there. Don't, don't go there. Don't be led by your feelings. Some days you feel saved. Some days you don't. Nancy's been driving the car and I've been a passenger for three weeks and there's been times that I didn't even feel saved. <laughs> and not because of her driving, but because of my attitude. <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> it, it was off. Nobody. <laughs> I learned how to say, please forgive me, several times a day. <laughs> I'm not joking about that either. It was intense, man. Okay, can we read uh, verse, chapter 5 and verse 7? Because really, this was not written in chapter and verse. This is a continuation of the thought that he gave us back in verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith, we speak also. So then when you get down to chapter 5 and verse 7, he's telling you, hey, this is what we're talking about here. We walk, we focus on the word of God and not on how we feel. We focus on what the word of God says and not what it looks like. And then we need to go to Romans 12, too, to see how we get there. Because it's not, again, it's not hocus pocus, you're in focus. You've got to walk this deal out. It would be nice if you could just, and again, the disciples back in, back in uh, uh, Luke 17, when, when God started talking about the forgiveness, he said, they said, Lord, increase our faith. And that's a lovely prayer if it would only work. But he, he, but he tells you right then. He said, you use what you have. If you had faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you would say, you would say, what are you saying? Mark chapter 12. He said, only by your words, will you, Matthew chapter 12, rather, only by your words will you be justified and only by your words will you be condemned. Maybe we should just go back there before we go to, to Romans. I like that chapter, Matthew chapter 12. Um, I like verse 33. He said, either make the tree good and the fruit good, or the tree corrupt and the fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by its fruit. O generation of vipers. He was, he, 
This is Jesus talking. This is love talking. Hey, you bunch of snakes. Bunch of snakes. <laughs> Aren't you glad when he talks straight to you, though? I mean, I am. Because there's never any condemnation in it. There's always an answer coming. Oh, generation of vipers, how can you be an evil speak good things out of the abundance of your heart? So what in, what's in your heart in abundance? Hallelujah. And here he's not talking about your action when he's talking about the fruit that comes out of you. He's talking about your identity. How do you identify yourself? You need to identify yourself as a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. How do I identify myself? Philemon 1 and verse 6. Your faith will become effective by the acknowledging of every, every good thing that is in you in Christ. Your faith becomes effective only when you become begin to acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ. You can't go to God and, and start complaining about how bad you are. That doesn't give him audience. When you come and speak his word to him, that's what gives his attention. How do I know that? Because Jeremiah 1.12, he said, I watch over my word. He said, I don't watch over your word to perform it. I watch over my word to perform it. And when you put that word in your, in your mouth, I'll watch over what you say. But if you come complaining, he said, I don't even give audience to it because without faith, it's impossible to please me. You must believe that I exist and that I'm a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. If you don't believe that I'm there to give you a reward, you're wasting your breath. It's just a bunch of complaint. Prayer is not meant to complain. Prayer is meant to hook, again, hook your believer, your speaker up to your believer. And prayer is meant, again, to make that exchange. I'm weary. You give me rest. That's what prayer is all about. I'm taking, how do I know that? Because he said this in Hebrews 4.16, he said it so well. He said, come boldly, not sheepishly, not with your hat in your hand like you're going to get a loan and they don't want to give you one. How many of you ever been there? <laughs> they called it a bill payer loan. I remember that. Anyway, he said, come on to me when you're weary and heavy laden. No, that's not it. No, that's not Hebrews 4.16. Come boldly unto the throne room of grace. Why? To obtain mercy and to find grace. When? When you need it. Not when you've got it all together. Come strolling in there. Yeah, I'm the, the cock of the walk here. No, come boldly unto the throne room of grace to obtain that mercy. In that time of need, come boldly when, when you're when you don't feel we, uh, up to it, when you somebody quote that verse for me again, Hebrews four sixteen, to obtain mercy and to find grace when I need it. I don't know how many of you need it, but I could use some every day. Amen. So he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the most speaks a good tree, the tree that knows their true identity, the tree that will acknowledge Philemon, verse 6, the good man, acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ, brings forth good things, and the evil man brings forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idol, every Argos word, just a flip of the tongue, every Argos word that you speak, you'll give an account for in the day of judgment. But look at this, verse 37. Only by your words 
not only by not by his words, but only by your words, will you be justified. And only by your words will you be condemned. So if what comes out of my mouth is corrupt, I need to change what I'm saying. I need to I just can't be going to God and rehearsing all the things that are wrong with me. When I rehearse all the things that are wrong with me, he's saying, oh, so you don't think I did a good job on you? You don't think that my grace is sufficient for you? You think that it's the blood plus your good works? And again, it's like holiness. Holiness is not the root of salvation. It's the fruit of salvation. You can't do anything until you get born again, and that's a gift from God. So don't let those renegade thoughts hang on to you. You let those go. <laughs> You're laughing at me. That's, uh, I'm getting offended. Let's go to Romans 12 now. That's one thing I must say about sitting down to preach. It's so much easier when you're walking back and forth and you're just flowing in the Holy Ghost and not re relying on notes. Anyway, it's all right. Say it's all right, Gary. Right. Say chill out, Gary. <laughs> Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, verse 1, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. He presented his body a dead sacrifice so that you could present your body a living sacrifice. And then after you've done it all, you can't brag about it. He said it's wholly acceptable unto God, but it's just your, just your reasonable service. <laughs> He'll always take you back to humility. Always take you back to humility. Verse 2, and be not conformed. Be not deformed. <laughs> Be not conformed to this world. Don't think the way that this world thinks. This world is led by emotions. 90% of the body of Christ, unfortunately, don't know what you know about the word of God. I was thanking God again the other day that for the teachers that he placed in my life, because if not, I'd have been as ignorant as most of the body of Christ is today. I mean, ignorance, you just not knowing, thinking God is the one that's causing all the trouble, that God is the problem, and that if I can just get good enough, he'll like me. That is the way most of the body of Christ thinks, man. So do we have a job to do? Yeah. You know, I'm glad that we're going to see as Ashton was saying this morning, all these, all the sinners coming into the kingdom of God. But my heart too is the backsliders. Yeah. If they would only, they wouldn't have backslidden if they had known the truth. Yeah. But they backslid because they just couldn't do it anymore. You ever get to the place you just can't yeah. do it anymore? That's a good place. Stop doing it. Stop doing it. Just let it go. It's not let go and let God. It's just let go. Just let it go, man. <laughs> He'll do it. And, and as long as you keep doing it, he won't. So know this. 
It's kind of like if I want, when I want something good in my life, I found out this, that I need to go and give it to somebody else. As soon as I give it away, it comes back to me. The action is on me to make the first move. So that when I'm praying for something, there's always a seed involved. Whenever I have a need, he always talks to me about a seed. I don't know about you, but he always does that to me. And it's not a bad thing. He's, he's shown me how to be like him. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. And again, that's the word metamorphosis, meta, to change, morphe, to form, to change your form. In other words, change the way that you look by, by renewing your mind by the word of God. Well, renewing your mind by the word of God doesn't happen overnight. It takes years of renewal and it takes daily renewal. And what I found is just like in the, in the old Testament, you couldn't save the manna up for another day. It's like his mercies are new every morning, but I need to be, I need his word every day. I can't live on yesterday's manna. It's rotten to me. I need to make sure, am I getting a word today? The word that I get today is not going to sustain me for tomorrow. The word that I'm getting today is for today. It's for today. So I get the word today, and then what do I do? I get up in the morning, and I, I, I'm hungry and thirsty after righteousness so that I'll be filled. When you're hungry, he's obligated to the hungry. He's not obligated to the satisfied. But he's obligated himself to the hungry. He said, if you're hungry, I'll fill you. You just stay hungry. How do I do that? Create an appetite. Like if I started talking about my new smoker right now and what it'll do, I can smoke. I smoked steaks on there the other night, T-bone steaks. And you smoke them at a low smoke for 45 minutes, and then you crank it up to 500 and sear them. Yeah? What am I doing? Creating an appetite. Some of you, the saliva is in your mouth right now. Hmm. The next thing I smoke is 24 chicken thighs. Two moments. Yeah. Yeah. You just... You just butter them up a little bit on the skin side for an hour and then crank them up for 10 minutes on the high heat, crisp them up, and then you get meat for days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're all coming over now to see me, I can tell. <laughs> what day is that? Now, they tell us that we have 60,000 thoughts per day. And 90% of those thoughts are repeated the next day. So, I don't know who counted them, when me. But I preached a message one time called ants. Automatic negative thoughts. Don't let your ants in your pants. Don't let your ants in your head. Don't be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove the good, the acceptable, the perfect will of God for your life. So, so what am I going to do? I'm going to keep renewing my mind, renewing my mind, knowing that there's a metamorphosis taking place. And so every time I'm putting myself in the word of God, things are changing in me, even though you might not see them. One day... You'll see them because I'm being changed from glory to glory into his image and his likeness. But as I keep putting that in there and putting that in there, even though there may not be any change on the outside, things are changing on the inside.
Amen. Let's go to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, peripateo, peripateo means it's like a well-worn path. Your flesh was created first and your spirit was created after that. And so the the younger man, like in, in uh, Job 20, 32, rather, the younger man had to finally speak up because the old man had no wisdom. Your spirit man is wise and your flesh is not, okay? It's kind of like one of the songs Ashton was singing today reminded me, this is what Moses said. The last song that he wrote is in Deuteronomy chapter 32. He's got Princess Therbus under his arm. He's standing in the presence of all of Israel knowing that he's not going into the promised land. But this was his song. After pastoring three million people for all those years, he's standing with his arm around her, and the song is, Ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. His work is perfect, and all of his ways are just. At the end of his life, all he could say is, His work is perfect, and his ways are just. If there was any screw-ups along the way, it was me. It was not him. He'll never leave you, never fail you, never forsake you. And and he never don't ever blame him for the situation. Maybe it could be you or maybe other people's circumstances. But the deal is, as long as you refuse to be a victim, as long as you refuse that victim mentality, you'll be doing fine. For the weapons. So he says in verse four, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not fleshly but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. When you beat the enemy in your mind, you've beaten your enemy. That's it. When you beat the enemy in your mind, he's toast. But the problem with thoughts is if, if, if they're not held captive, they become imaginations. And imaginations produce pictures. And if you allow those pictures to remain, they become strongholds. And what's a stronghold? Something that has a stronghold on you. The thought pattern has become so strong that what you, that you expect the negative results every time. And when you expect the negative thoughts every time, i got to tell you, if you don't take those thoughts captive, they'll take you captive. It's as simple as that. If you don't cast down imaginations, they'll, they'll cast you down. If you don't pull down strongholds, they'll pull you down. So the onus is on you to take the Word of God and change the way that you think because I got to tell you something, you don't think right. I mean, thought processes, strongholds, mindsets, intellectual views, pathological patterns, <laughs> jealousy, greed, selfishness, strife, all those things. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against. So anything that comes against the word of God, he's telling you right here, everything that comes against the knowledge of God and bring, and bring it into captivity through your obedience to Christ and having a readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. In other words, don't allow those negative thoughts to remain. Tame the thoughts before they tear you down. And I'm telling you, just challenge your distorted thinking. Recognize that anything that's not in line with the Word of God, it's distorted to you. You're not thinking right. Turn to somebody. No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not thinking right. Yeah, well, 
I just think that when you meditate the word of God, I want to read one more translation. I don't know whose it is, but I'll read it anyway. 2 Corinthians 10, 3. For though we live as a human being, oh, it must be New, New English or something. For though we live as human beings, we don't wage war according to human beings. For the weapons of our warfare are not human weapons, but they are made powerful through God to the tearing down of strongholds. We tear down arguments and every arrogant obstacle that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to make it obey Christ. We are ready to punish every disobedience, every act of disobedience, when our obedience is complete. So your, your homework for this week. Refuse negative. Don't let the ants in. I mean, this time of the year, that should be a good illustration for people. Use the ant traps. Don't let the ants in your life. Automatic negative thoughts. And 90% of them, they said, 90% of the 60,000 you had yesterday, you're going to have again today. But negative thoughts don't be, have to become yours. Just because a bird flies over your head doesn't mean you let it make a nest in your hair. You let the bird fly on. That's why in Matthew chapter 6, he said, take no thought saying, what shall we eat, what shall we wear? He said, the moment you take the thought and speak it, you give life to it. If you don't say anything about it, it won't produce. The only thing I'm supposed to do is not be led by emotions, but by speaking the word of God. He says, you're not going to make it this week. My God says, in all things, I'm more than a conqueror. You're not going to win this victory. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. I'm steadfast and unmovable and abounding in the work of the Lord because I know that my labor is not in vain in the Lord. I know something. I know someone. I might not know the what and the why, but I know the who. I might not know the way, but I know the who. He's the way, the truth, and the life. I might not know how to take the next step, but I trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding, and I acknowledge him in all of my ways. And he directs my steps. I'm not wise in my own eyes. I reverence the Lord and depart from evil. It's health to my flesh, marrow to my bones. Hallelujah. You're more than a conqueror. What shall we say to these things? Things of God before us. Who can be against us? And in all these things in Matthew 8, Romans 8, 20, 37, rather, he said, in all things, we're more than conquerors. Not, not some things, all things. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.